Hi, my name is Rachel Peru. I am a 48 years old, grey-haired curve model. I'm going to be your host for Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career aged 46 modelling, and over on social media I found so many amazing, inspiring women over 40 who are really embracing midlife and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down the stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought it would be fun to share them with you. Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. I hope you managed to catch up on all the episodes in Series 1. But now I'm back with an amazing lineup of women ready to inspire and share their stories with you for Series 2. So this week we are starting with a triple dose of inspiration as I'm joined by not one but three of the four women who form the Yorkshire Rowers. Not only do these amazing women hold the title for being the first women to row any ocean when they cross the North Sea, but that was just a warm-up practice for going on to complete the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, becoming the oldest all-female crew to complete the 3,000 nautical miles in 2016, aged at the time between 45 to 51. So welcome to Francis, Helen and Nikki. And I'm sorry, but we're missing Jeanette today, but I'm sure the three of you will make up for that. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for fitting me in today. Um, First of all, can we start by just each of you introducing yourselves, um, a little bit about what you what you do full time and how old you are. <laughs> so I'm Frances, uh, Frances Davis, and I am fifty. Last September, and I'm a lawyer full time. I've always worked as a lawyer, and I'd describe myself probably just as a bit of a restless person <laughs> who keeps coming up with ideas to try and tempt people like Nikki and Helen to do things that they might not otherwise do. Excellent. <laughs> I'm Helen, um, I'm 48, um, and I um, work in communications, and I just like to try something new, so I get a bit like Francis, I get a bit bored very easily, um, and I like to learn new skills and do new things and meet new people, I love meeting new people. Mm. And I'm Nikki, and I work with my husband, my sins. Um, we have a small firm, and not what I've always done, but when I had my children, um, we decided to throw a lot in together. It was a lot easier. Um, but I've done a variety of things in the past, and I'm easily influenced. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so, who whose idea was this initially? It was yeah, it was my idea. Was it your idea? Yeah, having I think I just had a feeling as I was in my kind of mid forties that life was rushing by, and I was going to work every day and not really doing anything else. And so I just wanted something to break that cycle, really. I was feeling restless and I was feeling a bit fed up at work and wanted some time out. And we'd all met a few years before rowing. Yeah, so when you when you all joined the rowing club, did you know each other before you joined or had you actually met in the rowing club? Nikki and I did know each other, didn't we? Yeah, we'd done a few bits and pieces together and yeah. our kids were sort of quite friendly and... And we didn't know Helen as well, but you were you got Henry in the same year. Mm. Um, and then we didn't know Jeanette at all. Mm. So Jeanette was a lovely surprise that we met down there <laughs> on the river in her bright red wellies <laughs> and a bobble hat. What made you all decide <clears throat> to join a rowing club? Because that's not something that you necessarily would think of doing when you're busy mums and working full-time to suddenly start well, trying a new sport. Yeah, well, I just... I live quite far out of town, so it takes me about half an hour to get to school and Henry was at school on a Saturday morning, 8 till 12, so I had that time to kill because I couldn't really go home. So I remember bumping into Francis and Nicky and I said, where have you been? And he said, oh, we've been, we've started rowing 
so I said, oh, I want to do that. So then the next week I turned up and, and started rowing and it was just, it was that opportunity to do something in that period of time. And I did find it really hard, um, but the, the friendship and the bond that we all had and we just all had such fun every Saturday morning, that kept me going back. Mm. I'd never really been particularly sporty and you always see when you're walking through York the beautiful boats going you know up and down the river and, and I just really fancied it and when there was an opportunity that you know a taster session I just thought actually I want to do something for me and have a couple of hours and it is beautiful because I didn't realize it when I tried it out but actually it does you do have to concentrate it's quite complicated is rowing it's much more technical than you realize and and actually you have to think so you're not thinking about home or work or the kids you're just enjoying the river and you're actually just zoning everything out so it was a nice nice experience it's interesting that you weren't sporty before but you you got yeah. to that stage where you thought actually i'd like to try something different yeah, yeah yeah i think you just you get to a certain age don't you or the, the yeah. kids you know and again you, you're tied up at home like you were saying that you know you're really busy you're tied up at home and just trying something new yeah mm. something for yourself yeah and had you rode before was this when you joined no not at all but again, I'd seen obviously living so close to the river, I'd mm. seen the boats out on the river, and we are lucky that the school where our children go, there's a parents' rowing club. Right. So our children then, as Helen said, started going to school on a Saturday morning. So suddenly we had time at the weekend when we didn't have children mm. with us, and it just was mm. a real natural fit. I we'd been talking about it, yeah. I think, beforehand, yeah. and mm. when the new term started, so we just went down and had a go. Yeah. We weren't good though. We were rubbish. <laughs> Audiobook. And some of the, the first uh, adventures out onto the, into we the river. Really, really we used to get shouted at all the time <laughs> by the cart. We always felt we were letting the boat down. Yeah. And it, it... But it was good training for our yeah. resilience. Well, yeah. So actually, in we hindsight, didn't give up doing that in hindsight, it probably did us <laughs> the world of good. Well, Helen used to come out of the boat pretty much every single week looking like she'd been in five be rounds with Mike Tyson. Yeah. She was bleeding on the back of her hands. I don't know how yeah. you did that, but you just absolutely yeah. shredded I your hands every know. single week. I know. <laughs> were, you once, were you once actually escorted back in and ordered off the, yeah. off the race? Right. Wasn't... There was two occasions actually where we got... Yeah, we I was in that race where we got... We had um, a cox and we were... And I think the rudder had yeah. been squashed. Right. So we, so we were kind of going the wrong way across the river and we couldn't we just couldn't get the boat straight so yes we were the, we were told to get off the river because <laughs> we were so we were endangering our lives and the lives of others yeah. <laughs> but wasn't there another race that i wasn't in the boat i don't think where they where we got well some of our group got disqualified didn't that wasn't was the, the one where we couldn't get there. to the start line I, I think that know. was that one wasn't it there was one when you and i were there and again it was a rudder problem yeah and Always a rudder problem. Never us. Never us. Yeah, and the cops were shouting, shouting, and yeah. Jeanette was there as well, and she was pulling so hard on her side that yeah. she jumped off the seat and came back and sat on my lap. <laughs> it was very funny, but we, we weren't ordered off the river, but we didn't it wasn't quite great, finish was it? the race. <laughs> but that makes it... To me, that just made it even more amazing what you'd achieved because you started from right from the beginning. Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. You didn't walk into this with years and years of experience like lots of people that take part in it have. To then go on from that to suddenly thinking you could take yeah. on this challenge is, is massive, <laughs> um, but amazing. What gave you that confidence to think, 
yes, we could do this. Well, I think at the moment of agreeing to do it, it was alcohol right. that gave us the confidence. <laughs> but we always be- we believed from the very beginning, yeah. as soon as we decided yeah. we were going to do it, none of us ever had a moment's doubt yeah. that we would do it. Which is quite weird in a way. I know. It is. I think that was a first for me because I'm always one thinks, oh, maybe we can't or, you know, something like that. And actually, I think it's, it's because weird. it was the four of us and I think yeah. because we're all very different people, we all bring different skill sets, so we all make each other believe that we can do things. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with it. I think if I was doing it on my own, I think I would have had more doubts. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think but we're because we had it as four well. of us. I think the fact that we were so positive about it, I think it was the right time to do it. Yeah. You know, I think we must have just really wanted it so much. Yeah. What about, so the four of you were, were on board with it, this is it, this is what we're doing. What about everybody else around you, husbands, parents, friends, how receptive were they to the idea? Yeah, my, my husband was fine. He didn't really like it as an idea, but he was fine with it. And he said, if you want to do it, then do it. But your experiences were a bit different. <laughs> yeah, my husband was, because obviously I was going to be away for three months and my salary pays for a lot of things. Mm. So um, he was worried about how we were going to afford to do it and how I was going to take the time off work. Mm. Um, so that was his main concern and the danger. Yeah. But when we went down to Charlie Pitcher to look at our boat he then met Charlie Pitcher and that's when his mindset was completely turned around and he said you've got to do this this is such an opportunity you've got to do it and he was and then from then on he was very very supportive because mm. it's difficult with for women isn't it because you do have that extra not burden but you have that extra responsibility yeah well, who's going to look after, after the children? children who's going to how are you going to earn the money yeah um all of those things where where if you'd thought about it logically, you'd just said, I can't do it. because. Yeah. But we just knew that things would work out, and they did. Yeah. Did you have that guilt? Did you carry guilt about doing it? Did you feel... I didn't, actually. No, I didn't feel guilty at all. I just felt like... <laughs> I didn't feel guilty. That's good though, no, lots of women carry yeah, no, guilt around. No, I, didn't, I didn't at all because for me, because 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 luckily my children were were interested in it, so so they were involved. I wanted to involve them every yeah. step of the way. So I think that I gave them as a mother so much more because they came with me on this experience they met some really inspiring people even when we did the north sea they met perfecto they met greg and they just absorbed all their positive energy that these people have and so i felt like i was giving them a lot that i wouldn't yeah. have given them if i'd said no yeah and also the fact that you aren't you you were really inspiring role models to your kids yourselves you know for them to see their mums going off and do mm-hmm. that is, is something that they'll carry into their yeah. adulthood they? they certainly and I, I did feel I, I don't know that I felt guilty I felt as though I was being a bit selfish sometimes mm. but like Helen they got so much more out of it than they lost by us just not being physically present for three months mm. they didn't you know they didn't really miss us that much. I they didn't think. miss yeah. us at all. Mine didn't. They only missed yeah. you, I think, when obviously Dad wasn't going to give them what they wanted. Yes. And when they normally yeah. went to Mum yeah. to try yeah. and get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. They live in the moment. Yes. Yeah. Do you think it's something that does stop women from trying different things, though? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The amount of women we've met at literary festivals who have read the book and then have said, you know, I never thought that I could do something like this, mm. but reading your book, I now... I now feel that that's given me permission that it's yeah. not a negative mm-hmm. thing. I think loads of women say no. Yeah. What would you say to them? What would you say to those women that say no to, to 
doing things? What advice could you give them? I, what I found is that I'm not very good at asking for help very often. So very often I think a lot of people maybe don't do things because they don't know how they'd cope or how their kids would cope or other, you know, other people around them would cope. Mm. But actually it's amazing when you ask for help how many people want to help you and support you. And so that meant a lot to me because actually now I just ask for help all the time if I need it because I know that people are so willing to give because you're willing to give as well back, you know, yeah. and share that. And and I think sometimes it's hard for them because you don't they don't see how they you know, everything around them could cope while they're away. But there is that big support network that yeah. that will support them and yeah. help them get out there. So I'd say just ask for help, say that you want to do something and say, How can I get there and who can help me? Yeah. And it, it's amazing who responds. Because you've had a lot of obstacles too overcome to get to even getting into the race yeah, didn't you? we had the money to raise exactly we had yeah. a huge amount of corporate sponsorship to raise and that was really hard wasn't yeah. it because yeah. people just didn't think we were going to do it so mm. they didn't want to help us in mm. the sponsorship way but we did it in the end yeah. but it wasn't easy yeah we literally got the last money as we were yeah. literally getting the boat on you know at the start mm. line it was well, really it was difficult when we came back yeah really wasn't mm. it we finally got everything mm. Did you get any negative kind of feedback from people about why you're doing this? You're never going to do it. Did you get a lot of negative comments, or was everybody really supportive? I think <laughs> I think there were some people who there were some people who, for the right reasons, were worried for us. Mm. You know, my my brother still lives in the house that I grew up in, and I was talking to one of our old neighbours, and he thought we'd be dead by Christmas. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> But he didn't say that to me until Good. afterwards, you know. So I think there were some people who just thought we were on a frolic, we'd be home by home or not by Christmas, mm. and it just wasn't going to work. But they were kind enough not to say that to our faces. I think there were one or two people who will have said behind our backs, mm. they're idiots, what they think they're doing, mm. they're bitten off more than they can chew. Yeah. But again, I didn't really... Mm. I heard about that afterwards, Yeah. not before. Mm. Most people were just... Actually, most people, 99.9% of people are really lovely. Brilliant. And they were really lovely to us and wanted to help us and yeah. wanted to support us. But as Helen says, it was really difficult mm. to get any significant corporate sponsorship. Yeah. Because it is a very male-dominated yeah. arena yeah, as well, it is. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone struggled with sponsorship, but it did seem that some of the male crews found it easier to get sponsorship than mm. the, the women. I don't know if that's changed now, but it, it did seem really difficult. But really, we really got... Hard the most publicity and I yeah. think we used the fact it was yeah. it's like inverted sexism so we got all the publicity whereby a lot of the dads who were there were dads yeah. doing the race yeah didn't get any because they were men yeah um so we so we kind of used that really to our advantage mm. and we managed to raise a lot of money for charity I think because of the publicity that we got yeah yeah, no, I don't blame you. Yeah. How did you feel when you were literally just setting off? Was it the 26th of December you actually left? 20th. 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 Yeah. How did you feel when you when you were literally just going off? Oh, you... ter terrified. I, scared. I, would, yeah. I was just thinking I'm just going to be sick. You knew you were going to be sick. You knew you were going to be sick. You suffered really badly, didn't you? Yeah, so I just wanted to go. So when we were delayed for five days... They were all, you were all seemed to be enjoying your five days holiday, holiday. Yeah. and I just I couldn't enjoy it. I just wanted to go because I knew I was going to be really ill, mm. so I just wanted to get that over with. Yeah, 
Was there ever a moment when you thought, oh, God, you know, what have, I, what have I agreed to? Why am I doing this? I think there were a few moments like that, but they passed quickly. Right. <laughs> and that was partly because we were a team. Yeah. I think they wouldn't have passed quickly if any of us had been doing it solo. Yeah. Mm. But we just cheered, cheered yeah. each other yeah. on, didn't we? And we were yeah. busy all the time yeah. and we were together all the time. So We were in this weird bubble, yeah. I think, of positivity. Yeah. So because we were all in this weird bubble... I didn't feel that any negative thoughts came into my head. Mm. Well, I guess because you were run, you were literally doing two hours rowing, two hours rest, weren't you, for the yeah. for the whole duration? So I guess you didn't really have a lot of time. To... We didn't have a choice. No. We just had to get on with it and enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, oh, enjoy it in <laughs> some other time. <laughs> but that did by breaking it down. If we'd set off thinking every day. Oh, it's 3,000 miles to go. It's 2,980 mm. miles. We couldn't think like that, so we broke it down into two-hour mm. sessions. And that meant the days did kind of whiz by. They did whiz really. by, yeah. yeah. That's the thing that really surprised me, because yeah. when I read it, and I was thinking, that, that's really monotonous yeah. and hard-going, day after day. It was a bit yeah. samey. Yeah. <laughs> there was a bit that's of boredom true. that crept in. Mm. But it... The days didn't, yeah. they didn't drag though as days. Mm. It's just that, you know, when you'd been out there for six weeks and we were still at least a month away, mm. it was, a, it's hard to kind of make your mind understand that as the concept. Mm. There was loads of other stuff happened as well because it wasn't, every day was, although every day was the same, there were so many different things that happened every day. There'd be usually at least one disaster in the day to deal with, that we, mm. you know, or night, and then there'd be something else that we had to figure out, or there'd be something that we had to change, or, you know, so, so there was constantly loads yeah, of stuff yeah. being thrown at us that was actually different, so, yeah, yeah it was really monotonous, you know, the, there was nothing around. We didn't even see that many, much wildlife. Mm. You know, I thought, I generally, that was the biggest thing I think I was disappointed in, I thought I was going to be seeing dolphins every yeah. day, and whales, and there wasn't. I mean, it, it got to the point where it got really excited if you saw anything like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you did experience a really bad hurricane whilst you were out there, didn't you? Mm. How, how was that? I can't imagine how scary was, that must have been. It wasn't good, was it? I think we were shut up in those little coffins for about 72 hours, was mm. it? Um, so and you suffered really badly with claustrophobia. Mm. So it was um, it it wasn't good. But again, I just remember thinking, well, this because we'd already joked about writing a book, and I just thought, oh, this will be a really good chapter for the book or the film. I was thinking, yeah. well, I'm glad this has <laughs> happened because because lots of other crews have, over the last two years since we've done our race have had very very unremarkable rows, right? Um, where nothing much has happened. It's been a bit of a mill pond. Mm. But for us, we had a very, very fast start. We then had the hurricane. So we had quite quite a remarkable journey. Mm. It was a turbulent journey. Process, wasn't it, mm. really? We didn't have many flat, calm days Two, at all. I mm. think yeah. is all we had. Although the, I quite enjoyed it when the storm, yes, the hurricane. You know, <laughs> Jeanette and I were in the other cabin. <laughs> we were fine. We, were, we could sleep for more than two hours, which was really nice, mm. even though it was very squashed. I see, I can't even imagine that you could sleep when all that's going on You're so you. tired. Yeah. Yeah. You are so, used so to, tired. You are yeah. used to it being, it was very choppy, so the hurricane was just choppier. It was already, you know, you got used to the waves. Mm. And we chatted and we played games and then we listened to music and then we got very hot. Yeah, mm. but we, we, we did have quite a nice time and we had the camcorder as well yeah. in our cabin, so we did little video interviews. I bet they're quite interesting. That's really cheerful. We're <laughs> <laughs> in the same You can boat. watch it on YouTube now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You have 
stayed really good friends. Which yeah. I think I read somewhere that eighty percent of the crews that, that do this fall challenge out. fall out. Yeah. What what's the thing that's kept you all together? Do you think? Just well, well I think we went. What we knew that it was going to be tough to be friends on the row mm. because it's an extreme situation for a long time on a small boat where you can't get away from anybody so we knew that was going to be hard so we prepared for that before we got on the boat so we went with the mindset of looking after each other not ourselves so I knew I had three people looking after me Um, and that change of mindset really made was made a massive difference to the to the to the boat and we also communicated a lot on the boat. So we'd have like team meetings and we'd, we'd talk about things. Because you were quite things. upfront with each other mm-hmm. about things, mm-hmm. weren't you? Yeah. You had to be because it's really hard. Mm. Things annoy you that wouldn't normally annoy you or you do something that... Well, your true selves come yeah. out on the yeah. boat. Yeah. So in life, you can basically pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. But on that boat, you can't. Yeah. So your true personalities are on are on the boat mm. so that's that's just how it is mm. and and a lot of people do fall out because they concentrate and on the physical training and they don't concentrate on the mental preparation before they go do you think that's the strength of, of being an all-women yeah. crew as well the fact that the, the, we are we we are good we at talk. communicating yeah. we talk yeah, to each other although sometimes at the beginning because i think we, we got better at communicating i think right at the very beginning we hadn't had, we didn't do the team meetings mm-hmm. and we still talked and we got on, but then when things started to niggle and things and you were in your cabin, you'd be sat in your cabin mm-hmm. and you'd be worrying that people out on the deck were making decisions and things without mm-hmm. you being there. So I think it just got to a point where we said, right, let's just, you know, sit down once mm-hmm. a day, have a chat, you know, make sure any decisions that need to be made are done. And that worked really well. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there was one day when I was in... Because you didn't like being in the cabin, I did you? So <laughs> Nikki would be on deck anyway, yeah. and then Helen and Jeanette would be rowing. And I would think, well, I'm left out here. Yeah. This isn't right. And one day I did say, I feel really left out. And then we all said, would well, you know, I feel really left out. <laughs> I feel really left out. <laughs> but it was after that point, I think, yeah. that we... Yeah, and we did start kind of having on-deck meetings. Yeah. Yeah. It was much better after that, mm. it was. I think that's a Yorkshire thing as well. Yeah. We, we are <laughs> up front, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. As Yorkshire women, yeah, yeah. I think we are. We, we say it how it yeah. is. Which I and think nobody is, sulked. Mm, so yeah. when we had disagreements, we'd have a disagreement and then nobody sulked yeah. afterwards and mm. it was said and that it was it was over. So we never had any major no. massive fallouts mm. on the boat. There were just lots of little niggly things, mm. like I would hum. Oh, God. <laughs> I drove her mad. Yeah. <laughs> No, but obviously on the boat it was my coping thing. She did, she hummed yeah. down in yeah. um, Devon. Oh, yes, okay. <laughs> it must be a concentrating whatever. But obviously it drives her mad. Um, but I don't realise I'm doing it. So unless somebody raises it, it would just go said. on. Because no. I don't think I'd do it. I must stress you out. That's, that's what it must be. But it, I, think, I think that's one of those things you don't realise how no, what you're doing impacts no, other people and if they don't I was really it, messy somebody else is going to really get upset <laughs> about it I was really messy oh you were messy yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing on a small small space there's not and a lot and Jeanette Jeanette's not nicer. here so we can talk about it she's, she's just a tidy yeah. looking yeah. boy isn't she no. she would disappear I've just tidied everything up for you all you think but didn't need tidying yes. does anyone need this I think this is very heavy I don't think we need you know and she was yeah. Yeah. this is sorting and I didn't know she was like that well we 
did talk and say that when you two, because what we did was we we took we changed the shift. So the two people that were rowing was it every three days? Mm. Yeah, we changed. Yeah. So we changed. So you'd swap. Yes. One, would, right. one person would row a bit longer, one shorter, and we'd swap. So yeah. that you're you're sharing cabins and sharing. But the, I remember when Helen and Jeanette had to share for the first time. We both said, "Ooh, that's not going to work." I did Jeanette, say that, but I don't yes. think it did. Work. It worked yeah, brilliantly yeah, because you right. just didn't care, and Jeanette tied it up after yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I was really messy. You were. Yeah, yeah. You were four women that were really confident <laughs> before you set off. How confident were you body wise? Because let's be honest, on the boat, four women most of the time wearing very little, nowhere to hide, having to to go to the bathroom in front of each other. That's we, yeah. that takes a different level of confidence. I think. <laughs> we got we just got straight on with yeah. it though and didn't, didn't care. Didn't no. care at all. No. We had children. We so just I think didn't. that element yeah. where your dignity's already gone out the window years before so mm. yeah that didn't bother us no. did it there was we do we do joke and say actually if you lined us up from the waist down we could pick each other out in a lineup because <laughs> <laughs> you did you got to see it from every Everything. angle <laughs> so we decided that it's not very attractive actually and your body hair nikki i, I know. couldn't believe it yeah. i'm quite hairy <laughs> like a gorilla it yeah, all starts growing everywhere and then a day before we came in we all shaved didn't yeah. we? Oh, had a proper fabulous. wash we, we had, had one disposable wash. razor each that was our coveted item yeah and, and we cleaned the boat sponge that we cut into four yeah, yeah. We but that was right at the very end we nice. didn't we didn't you didn't wash your hair or anything no. did you no but do, do you know you didn't need to because there was no it did make us feel better we did say actually I we wish we'd washed a bit earlier because actually it did make us feel better but at the time i don't remember thinking I need to wash my hair. Or, I, I struggled know. with my hair. You did. <clears throat> you were all fine and I just couldn't stand greasy hair. Mm. Couldn't stand it. You made it easier to plait when it was greasy. Oh, <laughs> but it went through that and then kind of came out the yeah. other side. Oh, I really? think that's a natural way, you know, for your body oh, and yeah, your hair. Actually. Do you know, the thing that was the most liberating of all, though, was not having a mirror. Oh, we didn't yeah. take a mirror with us. So we didn't care yeah. what we looked like. Or what hair was coming okay, out of wherever. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We just no. didn't. So we didn't no. brush our hair and we didn't no. put makeup on. We cleaned, we we cleaned out there anything we did. We had oil of Olay yeah. every day, didn't we? Yeah. But the irony was, was that we did have a documentary called Four Mums in a Boat, which was screened all over the world. So everybody could see it. So even though we thought. We didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> we just knew they were doing some so, filming. So, oh, so yeah. when we were, you were in Hamburg and I was in New York and we were watching ourselves yeah. on a massive screen. Yeah. And they edited it out the right bits. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still there in all your natural beauty. Which actually I thought we all looked lovely. And then the, the, and the other irony was, was that I had this one t-shirt yeah. and I decided to customise it and make it into a ta- into a and I remember thinking at the time nobody is going to see this <laughs> nobody will see it and then, ob- then obviously I go on BBC Breakfast they show my everything to the world and then on the Sun newspaper there I am with, with the, on the Sun newspaper with the bl- and I was more bothered about the blue t-shirt than I was about all the bits. The pixelated bit Which down there. Which you can there. see in 27 different countries. Yeah, yes. I remember saying to myself, nobody's going to see this this mm. T-shirt, so I'll just cut it all That off. is what comes up if you oh, Google Helen yeah. I know, it is so... <laughs> Brilliant. And I love doing that before. I mean, you're famous in Japan, aren't you? Or Australia yes. or somewhere. Yeah. 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 But it's the T-shirt. It was, I remember thinking in my head, 
Oh, you look lovely. Nobody yeah, will see it. We were all envious of your little cut teeth. I think we all tried to oh, copy it. It doesn't look very yeah. nice. Yeah, we were all envious of yours. Yeah, in fact, you all copied yes, me. Yes, we did. You? We did. <laughs> but how nice to be able to step away from your professional mm. working lives and looking after the family in the home yeah. to go off and do something like that yeah. and not have to worry about no. what it, you look it, yeah. like or what somebody thinks yeah. you dress like. I felt like very privileged. Mm. Yeah. I felt very privileged to have that opportunity. Mm. It was hard. Life was hard on the boat, but it was simple. Mm. And it was taking out all that complexity that made it mm-hmm. a real privilege. And social media and just news. I think you don't realise what the world around you and all the feeds that you have in, the impact yeah. it has on you. And when you take that all away, it's a lot of negative news out there and yeah. a lot of negative energy. And actually on the boat it wasn't. It was it wasn't. It was simple. It was lovely. So obviously when you came back when you when you came into the harbour and you'd finished yeah, I can only imagine how elated you must have felt. But was there a bit of sadness as well that it was coming to an end mm-hmm. because of that? It was the night before, wasn't it? It so, was. It just hit us, yeah. yeah. We, we, we had to put the power anchors. We came in in the dark. We, we came about 20 miles away. We were in the dark. Mm. And we didn't want to come into the harbour in the dark mm-hmm. because we got lost in Holland, coming across the Although Helen scene. did, so we had yes. an on-deck discussion. Yeah, yeah I wanted to come in. <laughs> now, the reason they didn't want us to come in was because BBC Breakfast yes. were filming yeah. our arrival. Okay. That was it. Yeah. But we were also a bit worried about yeah. coming in. But I just wanted to get in. Yeah. We had a discussion. We yeah, we had a, I lost that discussion. <laughs> that was a three against one. But it was a mutual. It was the right thing. Though. It was. Yeah. Well, it was the right thing. Was it? The, yes. I mean, people came in in the dark. Yeah. It was right. Because actually what I love, because this one of one of one of my many lovely memories, this was a special one because we were moored up out. So we put up our anchor out. It was really choppy and horrible. It was, yeah. And there was a yacht race going on. So we spent the whole time trying to make sure they could see us because the yachts were coming back into harbour because of the stormy weather and we put our power anchor out and we were sat there and it's horrible on the power anchor it was awful going up and down and bouncing it's uncomfortable all we wanted to do was get off the boat mm-hmm. so it was that waiting um and i think it was at that point i know for me it really hit me that actually when that's when it suddenly twigged that this whole three years journey was going to end the mm. next day and it and actually that was a really quite horrible mm thought all of a sudden and I wasn't prepared for it at all but then the flip side of that that whole horrible bit was that Francis got her phone out and decided to I don't know why he decided to can't believe it still worked yeah yeah but you decided to to switch it on and then and got and got all the Facebook messages and it was really bouncy I was holding on with one hand with my phone with the other (laughs) I'm just reading and reading through and lovely messages, yeah. some of them from people we knew, mm. which was great, mm. and then some of them from Random. complete strangers who, there was a little chain that I'd seen of conversation from my old school friends who were all just in floods of tears mm. and going, oh, they're 10 miles away, they're this mm. away. Just really lovely to suddenly pick up on all those yeah. messages. Yeah. And she was just reading them out. You spent hours yeah. just reading all of those yeah, out to us. Nice. And so we yeah. had that horrible thing, couldn't come in. And then this yeah. whole it was like lovely. it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. it was like a positive. Yeah, it was. Like, it was, it was, so like it was meant to be. It was really lovely. It was nice. Yeah. What did you learn about yourselves the most? Do you think from that journey, from the whole journey, from the whole training down the North Sea and learning how to row and, I, and going off yeah, and doing it? I think it's just complete. You're capable of so much more than you think, and to have belief in yourself. And who cares if the dream you've got sounds ridiculous? Mm. You should do it anyway. Mm. I think because we've all had a few mm. ridiculous things since, mm. and we just do them now. Yeah, 
And if we fail, we yeah. fail. Who cares? I think that's, that's it. It's yeah. failure, isn't yeah. it? I think yeah. so many people are scared of yeah. doing something mm. just in case they fail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even if you had failed, look at what you've done yeah. up to that point. That's it's about I... having a go. Yeah. For me, yeah. it's about yeah. having a go. We wouldn't we have seen it as a failure. We hadn't no. gone to Antigua. No. I wouldn't have. No. I wouldn't have been no. upset about it. No. I mean, I got. I went. I did Mont Blanc and got three hundred meters off the top, and I just wasn't bothered I was just so happy about what what I'd done and what I'd achieved yeah. really really wasn't devastated I thought I'd be devastated mm. to get so close and not to be able to get to the top but I, I really wasn't mm. um so, did you do that before or after no the... after afterwards right um and I did some other mountains in Italy and then we did that mm. um but I learned so much from doing it and I had such fun time mm. that it was it was about just being there and having a go and being out of my comfort zone again. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was perfectly happy. Has it given you? Did you come back with a sense of peace and calm, or has it really set something off in you that you do want to just come, keep trying to do different things? And What's that really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I think yeah. yeah, I think I think for all of us. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I met this amazing trans woman at, on an International Women's Day panel, um, and she's asked me to ride across India a thousand mm -hmm. miles. So I just went, yes, yeah. <laughs> straight straight away. And then another friend asked me to go to Nepal in in October, November. And you just, you definitely mm -hmm. now, I just say yes to everything. Mm. And then because I know it'll all just work out. And I've got that support mechanism now in place. Yeah. So everybody's just really, really supportive and will, and I know that they'll support me to do it. And I just feel really lucky. Because you had this phrase throughout the whole thing, didn't you, that it'll be fine. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> well, it always is, though. It's funnily mm. Yeah, it is. Generally speaking. Yeah. Everything works out. It does. So it is fine. It's usually. like I needed um, some money for, for something or other. And just before we went on the row, we had our boat in Leeds. There was a massive storm driving home. Do you remember that yeah, storm? Yeah, yeah. And I drowned my car under a bridge, literally drowned it. And it was a write-off. And then I got, I got insurance money paid out. And it's just when I needed it at the right time. And then within a month, I'd gone off on the row and we had that money from the yeah. car that I didn't need anyway for three months. So things do yeah, work always out. work out. Mm. Maybe not always how you expect. Yes. yes. But they always work out. Yeah. It's always okay. It's about being open, isn't mm. it, to yes. possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Do you and think everybody's got it in them? Yeah. Ability to do different yeah. adventures. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got to um, be passionate about what you want to do. Mm. So that's the key. So because we were all really passionate about rowing, it worked. Mm. For us now, it's very difficult. I don't think you two would want to ride across India, would you? Maybe on a horse? No, no, no. So, 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 <laughs> so it all depends. So, for us, the next thing's really difficult to do because we all have to be passionate about it and really want to do it. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to run across a desert because running's not my thing. Mm. Um, so, that's why it's so. I think the key for everybody is to do what you're passionate about. Yeah. And if you do what you're passionate about, you'll be successful. Yeah. No, I think it's really inspiring because I, I do know I've got something in me that wants to do something. I haven't found the right thing yet, but yeah. when I do, I'll definitely yeah. do it. Yeah. And I, and I just think it's so important that other women, particularly over 40, yes. get the opportunities to go out there and try different yeah, things definitely. because you don't know where, you know, you never yeah. knew no. this was going to lead to what you've no. experienced. No. 
And try different try different activities and sports as well because I think sometimes you don't know you're gonna love it. Yeah. So don't think I don't I don't think I'm gonna like that. Try it to find out first because then you could find your passion and that's Mm. the big thing. But it's not all about activities and sports. No, it's anything. It can be anything. It can be absolutely anything that takes you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Learning a language or Mm. it could be absolutely anything, yeah. Mm. But that's something just try things because you just don't know. But you would, in theory, do another adventure together. Yeah. I would definitely, yeah. definitely, Which is really nice. definitely, I would. Mm. It's just finding that right thing. Yeah. Well, I shall watch, watch this space <laughs> on that one. <laughs> Thank you so much. You really are. Honestly, I can't tell you how inspiring the whole journey that you've been on is. It's amazing to meet you. I'm really, you. and I and I did feel. I was welling up when when I when you got to the end and you drew in because because of everything that you'd achieved to get to that point, and and it wasn't necessarily about that race for me. It was about everything that you'd done leading yeah. up to that yeah. was just fabulous. Yeah. And and I really would encourage women to read your story because it's so inspiring. It's the people for me. It's not the race. It was the people we met. Mm. Yeah, that's changed my life. I yeah, think. completely. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Fabulous, thank you so much. So, if you would like to know more about um, these fabulous women today, um, you can still find their book on Four Mums in a Boat. It's available on Amazon. And I've just listened to the Audible version and loved it. So, you can visit their website, yorkshirerowers.com, and you can also follow them on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So, please give them a follow. Final questions. What inspirational books would you recommend to people? The ones I read very, very early on were the Dervla Murphy books, which, right. and I've just got another one out of the library at the weekend because I just love those. She was so ahead of her time. Mm. But then Deborah Searle's book is the book that I read that changed my life because it gave me the idea to do this. Oh, right. Okay. So that one too. All right. I think. I just started reading Elizabeth Day's How to Fail, oh, which okay. I think um, I've just started reading that, but that's. I'm really interested in that because I see failure as not a negative thing. So she talks about how in her life all the failure that she's had actually has been a positive positive thing. Mm. So um, I'm reading that at the moment Mm. and I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, I'll look that one up. I love reading and and finding everyone's reading. (laughs) And mine is probably, I haven't loads, but but the one that I really enjoyed is one I've just finished, which is Michelle Obama's recent autobiography. And it's fabulous. That's really inspiring. So that's my um, flavour of the month at the moment. Oh, brilliant. I saw her, I saw her at the O2 actually, um, I just after reading the book and yeah, she was another person I just was like, wow, yeah. I could have listened to her. Well, it's for a great hours. story as well, yeah, that it book, is. so yeah, it's a lovely one. What was your motivational music on, on, on board? <laughs> we all have very different musical tastes. Yes, we really did, although the one that we listened to all day, every day oh, yeah. for about the last month was the Mamma Mia soundtrack. Oh, fabulous. That yeah. was uplifting, wasn't it? it? Was. Yeah. It was and we knew the words to some of it. Do you like Dolly Parton? Oh, I love Dolly oh, Parton. God. So who was in charge of music? Did you take it in turns? We all had different, we all had our own iPods. Right. So, but we did well, we use the stereo. Yeah, I liked Francis's um, <laughs> iPod, but I was disappointed there was no Kate Bush on it, I remember. No, there's no Kate Bush on it. But yeah, I, I used to, I used to listen to your iPod. Oh. And who inspires you? <laughs> Almost everyone we meet, really. Yeah. I think 
and especially the people that we have met through the road. Yeah. There's been something from virtually everybody that we've taken away. I meet away. people every day who inspire oh, me. Yeah, so yeah. Sue, Sue um, Pascoe, the trans woman, I was went, had lunch with her last week. I was there for three hours and she mm. was so inspiring listening to her journey. Yeah. Uh, James, who's got the stammer. I don't know if you've met James. Unbelievable. He has a really, really bad stammer. Um, and he's now doing public speaking, even though he finds it really difficult. He still he does public speaking. Mm. He's a he's such an amazing person. So I meet people every day who inspire yeah. me. It's the unexpected, and that's the, what's the really brilliant bit. So mm. I can remember doing a talk down with Jeanette actually, and um, you just meet people. People come and talk to you, and they'll talk to you and tell you their story because they've heard your story. Yeah. And this wonderful lady came, and she was um, a fair bit older than us. And she came and told us about this trek that she'd done in, in um, it was the Arctic, and she'd done this marathon in the Arctic, and they did the last day in their bras, and it was all for mm. a cause and everything else. This bunch of older ladies mm. had done this amazing thing, and but you look at her, you wouldn't have guessed, but she came and shared that story with us, and we're like, wow, you know, and it's people like that. Yeah, that ones we, that we you, hear a lot of stories, yeah, don't we? We do. People mm. come and share them, and it is. Mm. I think that's that's one of the reasons that spurred me on to, to do the podcast in the first place is just to share stories with people yeah. because we all get inspiration off yeah. each other. Yeah, and everyone we do. has a story. They do. Don't they? Yeah, it's just that you do. don't always yeah. get to hear it. No. Yeah. And so, women are very good at championing other women I think I, I think so. I think we get a bad press sometimes yeah. but I think the, all the women I've met are all very enthusiastic mm. and we want to help people yeah. and and inspire them and want them to do well and yeah. so I think, and I think our generation as well because we're all in our 40s and yeah. 50s I think there is this real surge if you like of women that are trying to, to mm. do different things now and we are a different generation we to are. our parents aren't we, we are. and it's lovely yeah. that we're all supporting each other yeah. it's fabulous yeah so yeah. long may it continue yeah, yeah. So thank you yeah. very much so i'll be back in a fortnight with a double whammy of inspiration for you um, i'm going to be talking to the fabulous trisha stewart um, one of the originators and driving force behind the alternative wi calendar which then went on to raise five million pounds for the uh, Bloodwise charity so that's really exciting I've got so many things to ask her and I'll be going behind the scenes at the Macmillan charity fashion show and I'll be chatting to some of the women there that bravely volunteer each year to walk down the runway with no modeling experience and find out what they've gained from the experience and how it's changed their confidence and they've stepped out of the bubble in different ways so I'm looking forward to hearing those but I'm sure you'd agree that these four women have proof that it's never too late to embark on life-changing experiences and they really epitomise what Out of the Bubble's message is perfectly. So if you've been inspired and motivated by hearing this story, please get in touch. I'd love to hear what you're up to out there and how you're stepping out of your own bubble. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous.